Hallelujah, brother Adrian, brothers, dear Amen. God morning. Amen. Well, um, we come now to the fourth message of this conference, uh, the intrinsic fellowship of the churches for their organic relationship. Um, as a reminder again um, this morning, these two words, intrinsic and organic, uh, what, do, what do these words mean? Well, intrinsic is something um, something inward, even something hidden, something essential, related to the essential nature of something. So when something is intrinsic, it is essential. It is indispensable. It's something fine and organic. It's something of life, specifically of the divine life, the intrinsic and we have these wonderful um, uh, five messages, the first four, the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. Then we had the intrinsic growth of the church for its organic increase, organic related to life, the divine life. Uh, yesterday evening, we had a wonderful message on the intrinsic building up of the church um, for its organic function. So last night, we saw that our, our gift, our function, comes out of uh, not only the growth in life, but the perfecting of that life unto maturity and function. And now we come to another intrinsic matter, another essential matter, another organic matter, and that is the intrinsic growth of the, uh, sorry, the intrinsic fellowship of the churches for their organic relationship. The first three messages, you could say, somewhat can take place in the realm of the local church even in the realm of our small group or vital group. Uh, but this next message brings us into a much larger sphere, uh, and that is the uh, one body of Christ on the earth expressed as genuine local churches. And there is a fellowship. Uh, this is... What will fellowship? There's a fellowship of the churches, a fellowship among the churches for their organic relationship. Uh, we will see in this message, fellowship is related to oneness, uh, our oneness with God himself. We surely must have fellowship with God. Uh, this brings us into a oneness with God. But we all so must have a fellowship, a flow uh, between us, between us as individual saints, even in our own homes, we need fellowship with one another. Surely a husband and wife should regularly fellowship with one another. And in a sense, good to also include the children in the fellowship. We need to have fellowship in our small group. Um, 
What if I, in our small group, we only fellowship when we see one another on a Friday evening or whatever night of the week we meet, Friday to Friday, um, and nothing in between? And I think sometimes we have that experience or we kind of repent when someone arrives to our home or we arrive in someone else's home and we suddenly realize, you know, we've had no contact, no communication, no fellowship since the last time we came together. Well, this might point out to something vitally lacking in our small group, the fellowship, house to house day by day, then the fellowship in the church, fellowshipping with our fellow brothers and sisters, so good that we have districts, but also so good when we come back together again. And then uh, in this message in particular, we will see that there is an extra local aspect to our fellowship. Again, a vitally necessary practice for the health of our local churches. We'll get into this as well. So we have these, I'm going back, these, these two terms, intrinsic and organic. Intrinsic is something essential, something of life, something fine, and then organic. It is absolutely related to the divine life of Christ. Um, to touch the matter of fellowship itself, defining it maybe a little bit more. Uh, it's a common term in our church life language. Fellowship. Have you had fellowship? I'm going for fellowship. I need to fellowship. You need to fellowship. So at one level, we understand the term fellowship to Go and speak with a, another saint about, hopefully, well, about any matter, actually. But <clears throat> fellowship is not so simple as I just need to tell someone. I just need to speak to someone. Um, actually, fellowship is quite mysterious. Because fellowship issues from something very mysterious and that is the divine life. The divine life has its fellowship. Uh, actually, we may say that fellowship is the issue, is the result of the divine life. And again, we will see uh, some verses and the points on the outline that bring this out. So the life itself issues in fellowship. So it should be our experience that as we partake of, as we enjoy, as we experience the divine life, there should be a result, there should be an issue. And that result and issue is we are brought into a fellowship. In fact, we're brought into the fellowship, the fellowship of the divine life. So again, if we are normal, if we are healthy, if we are growing, if we are developing, then the um, experience of, the practice of fellowship is a normal development, a normal result of our growth in the divine life, because the divine life has its 
fellowship. Uh, the Greek word koinonia, fellowship, it means a joint participation, a common participation. Uh, it is to have fellowship is to have a corporate participation in something. And again, we will touch some verses related to this matter. It's a joint, common, corporate participation in the divine life, the fellowship of the divine life. There should be a flow. There should be a traffic vertically between us and God. There should be a flow, a traffic horizontally between us and the fellow members of the body of Christ. Uh, also, there should be a flow, a fellowship among various churches, not merely confined to the churches in my region or the churches in my country, uh, but a fellowship, a flow, a communication um, between all the churches, the genuine local churches on the earth. Amen. And before I go further, I'd also like to just reference for you, not many will do this, but in Thanksgiving uh, 2017, uh, our Thanksgiving conference uh, then, four, well, three and a half years ago now, was on the genuine church life, the genuine church life, six marvelous messages of which Message four, the title of message four in that conference was Fellowship, the Reality of the Church Life. Fellowship, the Reality of the Church Life. Actually, the brother that spoke this message was Brother Mark Robbie. So last night, I opened up my ministry magazine to review our brother's fellowship in that marvelous conference and that marvelous message. Well, there was a key statement, a banner related to that message in that conference, and I'll just read it now uh, to further develop our definition of fellowship. Fellowship, the circulation of the divine life in the body of Christ. What a wonderful definition. What is fellowship? It is the circulation of the divine life in the body of Christ. And then it says, this is the reality of the church life. And this circulation of the divine life brings all the members of the body of Christ into oneness. The fellowship brings us into oneness. <clears throat> this is why fellowship is so critical. Oneness with the Lord. Oneness with one another as fellow brothers and sisters in the church life in our locality. I appreciate it again. Last night, Brother Mark's word about, you know, we can claim that we're built up with, we're one with someone, somewhere. So he said, I'm in Seattle. Oh, I am one with the church in Pretoria. Well, it's easy to say I'm one with the church in Pretoria or the churches in South Africa if we live in North America. So um, the real test is, can you be one 
Are you genuinely one with the people the Lord has sovereignly placed you with in your locality? Well, fellowship brings us into a genuine oneness with one another. So again, if your habit, if your practice is to have fellowship with brothers that are overseas, or saints that are overseas, or saints that are not in your locality, but you never have fellowship with the local saints, then maybe we need to question, what kind of fellowship are you in? Are you in the genuine fellowship of the body of Christ? Well, there is a the fellowship of the body. And we want to make sure that we're not in a so-called fellowship, a self-generated fellowship where we are particular or we have a preference about who we fellowship with. No, we want to be in the genuine fellowship, the fellowship of the body of Christ that brings us into the genuine oneness with one another. So again, to see this matter, we're familiar with the term. We may have a measure of practice of fellowship, but are we growing up into the fellowship of the body of Christ, where we more and more, it becomes our automatic practice. It becomes actually an essential part of our life. We cannot live we cannot go on without the fellowship. And when we see another illustration of this, I think this will become clearer. To then just touch on some verses related to fellowship, again, helping us understand this, this on the one hand, common term, but yet very deep, very high, and very mysterious practice. In Acts 2.42, we have the fellowship of the apostles. The fellowship of the apostles. And the early church was in the fellowship of the apostles. In fact, we may say the early church came into existence because of the fellowship and teaching of the apostles. Uh, then in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, the fellowship of the body of Christ. Again, the word is very clear. There is something called the fellowship. It is of the apostles and it is of the body of Christ. Um, <clears throat> then in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So fellowship is something not merely outward. It is not something merely in our head. Oh, I should fellowship. It's something in our spirit. So again, the more our spirit grows, matures, the more our spirit is in the divine dispensing, enjoying the divine life intrinsically, the more we will have this consciousness of, this desire for, even this need for fellowship in spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So Paul does also mention this in Philippians 2.1. He says, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of spirit, 
fellowship is an exercise intrinsically related to our mingled spirit. Then the uh, <clears throat> dear, dear brother John in 1 John 1, 3, what a beautiful verse, or two verses, 3 and 7. That which we have seen and heard, we report also to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, wow, again, fellowship with the Father and with his Son. This is the vertical fellowship. We may call this, and it's in the outline, vertical fellowship with the Father and with his Son. But verse 7 then says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Horizontal fellowship. So again, we begin to realize this matter of fellowship is not as simple as we first might think. Vertical fellowship, horizontal fellowship. Again, we'll come to it in the message. We will see that both are necessary. We, we should not have one without the other. We cannot have one without the other if it's to be genuine fellowship. We must first have a vertical fellowship. There must be a flow from the Father and His Son into our spirit. But that flow should not stop there. That flow should continue into the horizontal level, if we may say. We, have, we extend that flow. We cooperate with that flow. We flow that flow into one another. And we fellowship with one another in that flow. So fellowship is in the spirit. It's not natural. It's not social merely. It's not I'm getting together with my buddies and labeling it fellowship. Fellowship is the flow of the divine life, horizontally and uh, vertically. Amen. And this is Back and forth, back and forth. Again, we will see this later. First uh, Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9. Um, God is faithful through whom you were called. Hallelujah. We've been called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with the term or the, with the definition of Joint, the joint participation, we see that we've been called into a joint participation in Christ and with Christ. He enjoys us, we enjoy him. It's a two-way traffic. It's not merely that we enjoy the Lord. But also, hard to believe, sometimes we look at our, our situation and condition. He enjoys us. But this is what the meaning of the word fellowship imp implies. A joint participation. So again, I would say another point of practice. Um, fellowship should not be one way. Meaning... Um, you go for fellowship, but you never fellowship in the sense of, or maybe I try this way, in the home meeting. It's a joint participation. It's a common participation. 
for a common purpose. The common purpose is the building up of our fellow members, ultimately the building up of the body of Christ. But if I come to a home meeting and I'm just there receiving the fellowship, I receive, I receive, I receive, but I never give back. I never flow back out. I never respond. That's not healthy. Fellowship is a flow. It's not a, uh, the Dead Sea in uh, Israel uh, is a Dead Sea because it receives a flow in, but there's no flow out. So it's stagnant, not healthy. A healthy place is where there's a flow. So we need to participate in the flow, not only receiving the flow, but continuing the flow. We're together fellowshipping in our home meeting or in our home. Uh, recently, a certain person in my house informed me that the flow is mainly one way. Uh, and there was an appeal for a mutual flow. It can't be just me talking to you all the time. You also have to talk to me. So even in our married life, fellowship, joint and common participation for a healthy marriage life is so important. But some of us, some of us brothers in particular, maybe we're like the Dead Sea. Things flow in, but nothing flows out. And then on the other side, everything flows out, including tears, which causes us to be even more resistant to the flow how we need to be rescued recovered from our dead sea experience may we be ones where there is a mutual flow so the fellowship of his son jesus christ our lord i'll just touch on this briefly in the that conference back in 2017 on the genuine church brother mark began the message by pointing out related to this verse, uh, the church in Corinth, the church in Corinth. You look at Corinth and you would say, this is not a proper local church. And actually, I would suggest that this also points to how real, how genuine the Bible is. There is a whole book in the Bible that talks about the terrible problems in a particular church. And we would all shake our heads and say, that is a terrible place. It's not even a local church. But our brother Paul, the Holy Spirit, God himself says to the church of God, which is in Corinth, despite all the problems. Well, how did our brother Paul, what did he do to solve those problems? He fellowshiped with that church. He did not necessarily, well, of course, he, he did address the problems, but his solution to the problems was to present at least 20 items of Christ for our enjoyment, for our joint participation in so in this context 
uh, we will we see that the value of fellowship in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he's called us into the fellowship of his son. Corinthians, you have problems. You have so many problems. You have the worst problems because you have left the flow. You have reduced your mutual participation, your enjoyment. So Paul, at the beginning of the epistle, reminds them, you have been called into the fellowship of his son. You have so many problems because you have left the fellowship. You have left the flow. You stopped enjoying. You stopped receiving. So may we upgrade our joint participation, our participation in the Lord Jesus Christ, our participation in God the Father, and our participation in the body life of our local church and even our home meeting. One, maybe one last verse that I'll mention um, is an outward aspect besides the, you know, communication fellowship with the brothers, with one another. There is something in Philippians 1.5, your fellowship unto the furtherance of the gospel. So this is a very lovely aspect of fellowship. It's very practical. Some church, some saint has some need. The gospel has need of some practical, actual support financially or personally, meaning personnel. So we participate in the fellowship unto the furtherance of the gospel. That may be giving financial support for Bibles to be printed or tracts to be printed or for a table to be bought or a new cloth or these things or our practical, actual, personal participation unto the furtherance of the gospel by joining the other gospel-preaching saints. So this is a little picture or a little fellowship at the beginning on the word fellowship. Um, I'd like to uh, go now to uh, Roman numeral one. Numeral one. <clears throat> it says here, the intrinsic growth, the organic growth of the church is the growth of the divine life. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong outline. Put that out of the way there. Here we go. <clears throat> Try again. Um, we need to see and enter into, again, vision and practice. We need to see and enter into the intrinsic fellowship of the churches. Then A says, the fellowship is the flow of the eternal life within through and among all the members of the organic body of Christ. Uh, it is illustrated by the flow of the water of life proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the new Jerusalem. So the fellowship is the flow of the eternal life. And I mentioned earlier, it's actually the issue of the eternal life. If you are enjoying experiencing the eternal life, there is an issue, there is a result, there is a flow of that eternal life, which we call fellowship. And it is within, it is through, 
and among all the members of the body of Christ. And then the illustration in the Bible is uh, Revelation 22.1. I'd like to read it. And he showed me a river of water of life. What a beautiful picture. A river of water of life. I think that's just a marvelous vision to uh, aspire to. Lord, when I fellowship, may the fellowship I experience be a river of water of life. What, how wonderful it would be if we went for fellowship. Let's say we go to an elder or responsible brother for fellowship. But in that fellowship, not only are we watered, but the brother we're seeking fellowship from is watered. Because the, the fellowship is the genuine fellowship. It's the flow of the river of water of life. It's bright as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the lamb in the middle of its street. Well, I just wanted to just maybe apply even this verse to the matter of fellowship. Fellowship is a flow, yes. Bright as crystal. Bright. There should be nothing opaque. There should be nothing muddy. Uh, the, it's, it's bright as crystal. So the fellowship may, may flow out, flow away all the muddiness. Maybe that's the problem. We're muddy. We're not clear. Um, we need the fellowship. We need the, the water flowing into us. But even in the practice of our fellowship, it, we should exercise to be as bright as crystal, as clear as crystal. When we come for genuine fellowship, we are, we're open, properly open. We don't hide things. We properly bring them into the flow and into the light to get the help, bright as crystal. And the issue of the fellowship should be that we go away bright as crystal. We shouldn't go away from a fellowship more unclear, more opaque, more confused. Then there is probably something wrong with that fellowship. And it could be you come and your fellowship is partial. You unveil part of the problem, but you don't unveil all the problem. And then, therefore, the person you're fellowshipping with doesn't have the full picture. So it's very hard to have the free, full, clear fellowship if we ourselves are not clear and, you know, clear as crystal in the fellowship. Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, well, fellowship should bring us more under the headship of God and of Christ. We are headed up. In the fellowship, it brings us to the throne. But also, I appreciate it brings us to the Lamb, the Lamb of God. Brothers, in our fellowship with the saints, are we as gentle as the Lamb? You just consider the Lord Jesus Himself. How many people came to Him for fellowship? He truly was 
the Lamb of God to them. He was not the Lion of the tribe of Judah to them in that fellowship. The Lion of the tribe of the Judah is for devouring and, and slaying the enemy. But the Lamb of God is to take away the sins of the world. So when, when saints come to us, are we the Lamb or are we the Lion? So may, may, we be in the, uh, may we be in this fellowship that the saints are brought to God and also brought to the Lamb of God. And then in the middle of its street, I would just apply it this way. You know, in the book, God's New Testament Economy, there's a lot of fellowship messages by Brother Lee on the New Jerusalem the um, aspects of the New Jerusalem, the description of the New Jerusalem. And he talks about the street, the street of the New Jerusalem. And he even names it Fellowship Street. That street is made of pure gold, illustrating that our fellowship should be in the divine life. But I really appreciate this matter in the middle of its streets. Uh, fellowship keeps us in the central lane of God's economy. Fellowship keeps us in the center of the church life. This is a great protection to us. Fellowship preserves us. The more fellowship, the better. How many times could we say this? We are maybe on the verge. Let's say we're on the verge of leaving the church. Again, a gentle word to us all, never leave the church. The real flow of the river of water of life is with the church and with the saints. If you leave the church, you really leave. You could say you leave the main flow of the river of water of life. You may find yourself a, a, a creek, a tributary a very tiny little spring somewhere out in the wilderness. That is not where we want to be. We want to be in the main flow. Um, I'm just using Zimbabwe as an illustration, the Zambezi. We want to be on the Zambezi. We do not want to be in some little side creek. So fellowship in the middle of its street this keeps us in the center of the flow of the triune God. This keeps us in the center of the church life. Amen. Okay, to go on to B, and I'd like to develop this a little bit. Just as there is the circulation of blood in the human body, so there is a circulation in the body of Christ that the New Testament calls fellowship. Well, I think this is also not only the picture in Revelation 22, but the illustration of the human body. Paul uses this extensively in 1 Corinthians to illustrate the matter of the body of Christ, especially um, chapter 12. Well, look at our human body. Right now, my body is, we may say, bathed in blood. You can't see it. It's intrinsic. It's hidden. But if there was no blood in my body, I would not be speaking with you. I would be dead. So again, there is a fellowship. 
maybe it's it, it's the intrinsic fellowship is not as obvious, but yet it is there. It is flowing constantly. Every member of my body right now is enjoying the fellowship, the flow, the circulation of the blood uh, in my body. Actually, that blood, we may say, is my very life. No blood, no life. No fellowship, no life. No fellowship, what is the immediate issue? No blood is death. Death, almost instant death. If the blood stops flowing to my brain right now, I will have a stroke. If the blood stops flowing to my heart right now, I will have a heart attack. Well, it says here, the circulation of the blood in the human body is a, a, a picture of the circulation in the body of Christ. It's for the health of the body. It's for the benefit of the body. It unites the body. My brain is united. Of course, it's through the nerves. But if there's not the flow of blood, then there will be no connection between my brain or any other part of my body or my heart or any other part of my body. So again, this is helpful. Is there any part of your body, the saints, the saints this morning, that you would be happy to not have blood flowing to it right now? A little bit like Mark's illustration the other evening. There is no appendix in the body of Christ. There is no in a dispensable member, a member we can cut out and not, not miss at all. Well, is there any part of your body right now that you would say, no problem, I don't need flow to that part of my body? How about to your eye? No flow of blood to your eye. I don't think I would want to be blind or the nerves that help us here. You, you get the point. Um, the blood, well, fellowship is the lifeblood of the body of Christ. Without it, either we die or we suffer severe damage to our organs, to our being, to our person. Not only that, in the blood, there are many ingredients. Again, if, okay, sorry, we cut ourselves, blood flows out. You see this red liquid leaking out. But you don't realize in that red liquid are many, many um, important ingredients. And again, I'm going back to Brother Mark, who is an accountant, not a doctor. But I remember being in this conference back in Thanksgiving 2017. I was in the audience. Uh, there in Phoenix, and Brother Mark is sharing. I'm going, this guy could be a doctor. He's really, he really is on the point. So if you get a chance to go back and either listen to that message, actually download for $1. I highly recommend that among so many messages. How about antibodies? There are antibodies in our blood that seek out and kill germs that get into our body. We overcome illness, disease, infection because of antibodies in our, in our blood. 
Well, there are antibodies in the blood circulation of the body of Christ. And our brother used some um, illustrations, or he, he mentioned some, and I'll just mention them here. In the blood of the body of Christ are all the positive things of Christ and all the spiritual antibodies. Among the spiritual antibodies in the circulation of life in the body of Christ are anti-division, anti-opinion, anti-preference, and I will add one more, anti-death. These are the benefits of fellowship. No division, no opinion, no preference, no death. This, so again, the, the blood circulation brings life to the various parts of our body. The circulation brings the antibodies to the problems. Again, going back to the example of the church in Corinth, terrible problems. But our brother Paul's fellowship concerning the wonderful person of Christ, at least 20 items, was the solution to all the problems in that church. So there had to be a flow. There had to be a fellowship. In, in those days, Paul couldn't physically go to Corinth, but he could fellowship with the church in Corinth by, where, by way of a letter, an epistle to that church. And in that fellowship letter, he brought at least 20 items of Christ to restore the fellowship, to restore the flow, to bring the healthy teaching to that church and to their situation. So we see when you get to 2 Corinthians, a completely different um, epistle, a completely different atmosphere because the fellowship brought the supply, brought the life, brought the revelation, um, and helped to heal the, the death situation, the problems that were in the church in Corinth. So this blood flow also, so it brings nutrition. It brings organic supply. We are fed by the fellowship. And then another aspect of fellowship, so important. The blood in our body not only brings nutrients to the cell, but it also takes away the waste products. Right? Every living thing generates waste. The cells generate toxic products that need removal. The fellowship removes the toxic products. If you are, there are some toxic products in your mind, in your emotion, in your personal life, go for fellowship. First and foremost, Go to the Lord for fellowship, for the supply, for the flow. But many times we also need the help of the body. We need an extra injection or an extra supply that comes from the fellowship, the horizontal fellowship. So this is, these are the benefits of the intrinsic fellowship in the uh, body of Christ. And of course, this is mainly 
on the personal level, but this extends all the way to the level of the local churches. We'll touch that as we continue the message. But again, I would just say, say this. If we're not practicing fellowship personally, then how can we have corporate fellowship? It's not as rich. It's not as developed. It's not as uh, a regular practice. So there needs to be the individual practice and exercise for the benefit of the corporate practice and exercise. Okay, so to go on into the outline now, see the fellowship of the body of Christ, which is the fellowship among the churches, is called the fellowship of the apostles. And we just already read Acts 2.42. Well, I will read it if we, uh, again. What did the early church do? <clears throat> they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. How about that? Just as a little question. Are we steadfast? Do we continue steadfastly in fellowship? Or is fellowship seasonal, annual? We have a certain public feast, Independence Day, uh, Thanksgiving, Easter. Uh, it's annual. Um, or are, is it something that we practice daily? Well, again, I'm just um, going off a little bit here, but I'm just thinking again of our so-called vital groups, house to house, day by day. They continued steadfastly. House to house, day by day. That is the sign of a healthy, vital group. And it does not mean for one second that every member of the group fellowships with every other member every single day. But in our group, there is continuing steadfastly. I reach out to this person. This person reaches out to another saint in our group. That person reaches out to another saint. Can you see the benefit, the fellowship, the flow, the weaving, the building, house to house, day by day, through the fellowship? Okay, but in this particular verse and in this particular point, uh, there's, a, there's an emphasis, and this is related to the matter of teaching. Here it says they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship. The teaching produces a fellowship, or actually, the teaching produces the fellowship. The teaching of the apostles issues in the fellowship of the apostles, and this is the fellowship that is the intrinsic fellowship of the body of Christ. So, again, what is one of the main things we should fellowship about? We should fellowship about the teaching of the apostles. When we come together in our home meetings to be in the word and be in the ministry, may I ask this gently, what ministry? Are we in the ministry of the age? Are we in the ministry that is common among the, in the fellowship of the churches? That's the healthy teaching, the teaching of the apostles. And this will be developed a little bit more in tomorrow's message sorry, this afternoon's message on the uh, intrinsic winds of teaching for their evil purpose. T 
Teaching is critical, dear saints, related to our fellowship. Okay, one says, fellowship comes from teaching. If we teach wrongly and differently from the apostles' teaching, the teaching of God's economy, our teaching will produce a sectarian, divisive fellowship. I, I, I will do my best to develop this now, but as I said, tomorrow we will also touch on this. But this is very important. In 1 Timothy 1, 3, and 4, Paul charges Timothy or tells Timothy, I asked you to remain in Ephesus in order to charge certain ones not to teach differently. And what was the different teaching? It was teaching different from God's economy, which is in faith. And there were a lot of issues in Ephesus related to different teaching. I'm going to read some of the verses here. Um, 1 Timothy 1.3 in part, uh, to remain in Ephesus in order that you may charge certain ones not to teach different things, nor to give heed to myths and unending genealogies which produce questionings rather than God's economy, which is in faith. Then verse 6 says, from which things some having misaimed, meaning they have deviated from the teaching of God's economy, have turned aside to vain talking. In 1 Timothy 6.3, if anyone teaches different things, and does not consent to healthy words. So teaching differently implies it's unhealthy, whereas the teaching concerning God's economy, um, the teaching concerning the triune God's dispensing himself into his chosen and regenerated people to produce us as the body of Christ and build us as the body, um, which produces the body of Christ and godliness and many other positive things. Well, the opposite is unhealthy words. Um, then in verse 4, 1 Timothy 6, 4, he is blinded with pride, understanding nothing, diseased with questionings and contentions of words, out of which come envy, strife, slanders and suspicions so in a simple way when we teach concerning god's economy the result is the building up of the body of christ the result is a healthy fellowship a healthy flow we flow the healthy teaching to one another, the teaching concerning the economy of God. We bring one another into this economy. So in contrast, we, someone comes for fellowship. If we give them God's economy, mainly we're giving them, we need to go to the Lord together. We need to open. We need to seek further fellowship. We need to enjoy the divine life. As opposed to we give our opinion or we give our good advice, which actually really doesn't help that person that much. Uh, not that healthy. So we want to give one another the healthy teaching concerning God's economy. 
going back to Corinth, um, Paul's fellowship with the church in Corinth. Um, the subject of the book of 1 Corinthians is Christ and his cross as the solution to all the problems in the church. Christ and his cross. You know what the solution to my marital problems are? Christ and his cross. What are my solution to my problems with the brothers? Christ and the cross. You name any problem, spiritual problem, problem in the church life. The solution, according to 1 Corinthians, that was a typical church, not a normal church, but a typical church. Paul's solution was Christ and his cross. Christ and his cross was ministered to the Corinthians through the fellowship and the prayer. So I would say this way, something I say to a lot of saints, every problem, every problem, dear saints, I can't stress this enough. Every problem is solved by fellowship and prayer, prayer and fellowship. Every problem, family problems, marital problems, church problems, sin problems, morality problems, fellowship and prayer is the solution because what is conveyed in the fellowship is the healthy teaching of God's economy an aspect of that healthy teaching Christ and his cross so may we exercise to remain steadfastly and continuously in the teaching of the apostles which has issues in its fellowship and that is what we minister and fellowship and flow to one another. The healthy teaching of God's economy. Uh, another little illustration of this is this. The truth is a container. Life is the content. The truth is a container. Life is the content. So... If the truth that I have is the right truth, if I can use that term, then the content, when you open the box of that truth, you get life. But if I give you something else, it's a different container. It says something else. The label on the tin says something else. When you open that box, you will not get life. You will get questionings. You will get reasonings. You will get vain talking. You will get unending genealogies. And ultimately, the issue will be um, envy, strife, slanders, and evil suspicions. A Pandora's box is opened, and all manner of unhealthy, not helpful things come out. So teaching, dear saints, is truly critical because it issues in a fellowship what has preserved all the churches on the earth in oneness to this day the healthy teaching of god's economy when brother lee passed away many detractors many negative people said when the tree falls the monkeys will scatter meaning they thought that witness lee was the holding center of the churches. Our dear 
faithful brother it was not the holding center. The holding center of the churches is the teaching and fellowship of the apostles, the healthy teaching of God's economy with its fellowship, which is with its flow, with its healthy teaching that preserves us and keeps us all in oneness, oneness in our home meeting, even in our marriage, in our home, in our home meeting, in our district, in our church, in our region, on the whole earth. It's the healthy teaching of God's economy. And this is also why it is so important. This is at the end of the outline, and I'll have to go quicker after this. This is so important for us to blend, blending. Our brother in another amazing book called Practical Points Concerning Blending, another book I could recommend for our healthy teaching and reading and fellowship. Blending is the reality of the body of Christ because blending brings us into the genuine fellowship. Blending brings us into, um, if we blend, let's say we blend at the seven feasts. And thank the Lord we can do that now. We don't have to get on a plane and fly 10,000 miles to Anaheim, California. We just have to come into our room, maybe with, you know, a nice beverage beside us, and we can log on to our computer, and we can be in the blending and in the healthy teaching of God's economy right where we are, wherever we are. And this is so healthy for us. This is the health of the churches, the teaching and fellowship of the apostles, the seven feasts, the many conferences. Dear saints, we need to pick up this practice of fellowship through blending with churches and even countries not in our region, in the body of Christ. So healthy. So we'll go on from here. Fellowship comes from teaching. If we teach wrongly and differently from the apostles' teaching, the teaching of God's economy, our teaching will produce a sectarian, divisive fellowship. Um, I read that already, but I just wanted to, in uh, my reading of those verses of Paul's fellowship with his junior co-worker Timothy in uh, the epistles, or the, yeah, the epistles of First and Second Timothy, very striking point in Second Timothy. Paul says to him, all the churches in Asia have turned away from me. In the next message, I will do Roman 1. I'll develop this more. The reason why the churches in Asia, and Ephesus was the leading church in Asia, turned away from the apostles' teaching and our brother Paul is because they were under a different teaching, a teaching that was not according to God's economy. That teaching produced envy, strife, contentions, slanders, evil suspicions. And then the churches turned away from the apostles' teaching and the apostle. And that brought in severe degradation in the church. So it may sound like very a very dry point. Sorry if it is. It is not. It is so important, dear saints, that we remain 
in the healthy teaching and fellowship of the apostles. Teaching creates fellowship, and fellowship comes from teaching. In the Lord's recovery today, we are under the apostles' teaching and in the apostles' fellowship. This is a blessing to us and a big protection to us and a big supply to us. Two says, to have fellowship with the triune God in the apostles' fellowship is to put aside our private interest and join with the apostles and the triune God for the carrying out of God's purpose. I love this point. To a fellowship with the triune God in the apostles' fellowship. Remember 1 John 1.3. The apostles have fellowship with the Father and his Son. The apostles report that fellowship to us in order that we would have fellowship with the triune God and with the apostles. This is the fellowship we want to be in. And then what this causes us to do is set aside our private interests. A definition of fellowship, joint participation, joining with the triune God for his purpose. A little question I have, a gentle question. What is your purpose? Is the church life something on the side of what you do as you go forward in your your purpose? Are you a very capable person determined to advance and progress in life, building up your economy? And then the church life is something that you do as a good person, good brother on the side. Well, I think we need a healthy uh, calibration or recalibration. What I do during the day is not for my economy. What I do during the day is for God's economy. Everything I do is not for my economy. Everything I do is for his economy, his interest, his purpose. God is working today. God is building today. He's building up his body. He's preparing his bride. I would suggest to you the wisest economic business decision you could ever make is join with God in his purpose to build up the body of Christ and prepare the bride. Have that be in that fellowship. Participate in that fellowship, that common participation of God's economy. Okay, D, the one divine fellowship, the one divine fellowship. There are not many fellowships. There's just one. It's an interwoven fellowship. The horizontal fellowship is interwoven with the vertical fellowship. Beautiful points. The initial experience of the apostles was the vertical fellowship with the father and his son, Jesus Christ. But when the apostles reported the eternal life to others, fellowship with them, they experienced the horizontal aspect of the divine fellowship. Our horizontal fellowship with the saints brings us into the vertical fellowship with the Lord. Then our vertical fellowship with the Lord brings us into the horizontal fellowship with the saints. So there is this marvelous weaving process going on in 
the fellowship of the divine life or the one divine fellowship. Vertical, horizontal, horizontal, vertical. There's a weaving which mingles us more and more with the divine life and with the triune God. A says we enter into the vertical aspect of the divine fellowship by this divine spirit, the Holy Spirit. This aspect of fellowship refers to our fellowship with the triune God in our loving him. B says we enter into the horizontal aspect of the divine fellowship by means of the human spirit. This aspect of fellowship refers to our fellowship with one another by the exercise of our spirit in our loving one another. Well, there's not a lot of time to develop these beautiful points, but we can see that fellowship is a matter of the two spirits, the divine spirit and our human spirit. So fellowship is not an exercise merely of showing up and talking to someone. Fellowship is an exercise of the spirit. It is more than just our mind, our emotion, and our will. It should be very much an exercise in our spirit. And I would suggest that the order here is the correct order. We first have fellowship with the Lord and then with the brothers or with the saints. When you come on a Friday evening to your home meeting, again, in the principle of a vital group, do you have vertical fellowship before you come to your home meeting? If you do, then there will be a flow and you will bring life to that meeting. Now, I understand sometimes we barely make it. We drag our carcass to the meeting, hoping we will get some supply. And that is wonderful. That should happen. We should get the supply and in the meetings of the church. But eventually we want to be in a place where we first go to the Lord ourselves. We're healthy. We're thriving. We get the supply, the flow from the head. And then we bring that flow with us to our home meeting. Of course, we have to understand that's the physical outward aspect. All the time this is going on in the realm of the spirit. So every time we contact God, life flows not only into us, but into the body of Christ. This is what causes the body of Christ to grow. Your personal, private, affectionate time with the Lord, your guarded and scheduled time with the Lord, benefits not only you, but the whole body of Christ. So it matters to the whole body if you have fellowship or don't have fellowship. The morning of the day that you miss the divine fellowship, there's not only a loss to you, there's a loss to the body of Christ. And if this is a continuous condition, then the best we can do is present our body at a home meeting and hope to receive some divine life. So may we be the overcomers in the church life, practicing to receive the fellowship from the Father and the Son, and then ministering and dispensing that, not just into the mystical body of Christ, 
but practically and actually in our home meetings, in our coffee with a sister, at, uh, you know, a, 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 a coffee shop. I don't know in the lockdown if any are open right now. But all the time, we want to be channels to flow this life. Uh, can we have a very nice, pleasant time over coffee? Yes. But make sure that there is the ingredient of the, the divine fellowship, the fellowship of the body of Christ, the vertical and the horizontal. The same in our home meetings. I just shared this with the trainees in London just the other day. Um, how important it is that in our home meetings, we always have something of the truth or of the word. I have been in many, many home meetings over the years, especially related to the, the campus work and uh, the students. And many times my home meeting consists of nice food and fellowship. And then we sing and we sing and we sing and we sing mainly love songs. And then it's time for dessert because it's a certain time and we uh, have some dessert and we all go home. Some help us tidy up. Well, that's wonderful. That's lovely. That's very cherishing. But we also really need to um, have the nourishing, the milk of the word and the solid food of the word in our meetings. So it's always been my practice to be prepared. I always have something of the word, something of the ministry to share with the saints, uh, copied to hand out that we can read together, fellowship over. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes the flow of the spirit leads us to just sing for the whole meeting. But if that is our practice habitually, we come together, we eat, we sing. I don't know that there's that much nourishment there. So endeavor, dear saints, to have something of the vertical and horizontal fellowship, the fellowship with the Father, the fellowship and teaching of the apostles to minister to the saints for their healthy building up and growth in life. So we're always ready. And we best to just follow the Spirit. We kind of bring the meeting to the Word, to the truth, to the ministry. We try to steer the saints that way. We're conscious in the meeting. Dear Lord, these dear ones need solid food. How can we introduce it? How, we cherish them so that we can nourish them. Cherishing and nourishing. So that's just a practical application. And again here, very quickly, then I will go on. Vertical and horizontal. You come for fellowship to the brothers. Have you been to fellowship with the Lord first? The brothers are not crystal balls. The brothers are not the head of the body. There is only one head, and everything comes out from him. Everything is unto him. So this is a healthy practice. When you come for fellowship, first fellowship with the Lord. Then you bring the fellowship that you have received vertically to the brothers, to the saints, to that older mature sister for horizontal fellowship. That person should fellowship with you in fellowship with the Lord. When I fellowship with saints, the first thing I 
tell in our prayer together, Lord, you are our head. Lord, we like to sit at your feet and hear your voice. I am not the expert. I am not the boss. When I finish fellowshipping with people, I always say, what I have shared with you is the best I can say, the best I can, one with the Lord. But you must take what I have shared with you back to the Lord. Check with the boss. That's what I always say. Check with the boss. I am not the boss. I am human. I am finite. I am limited. I am fallen. I am impure. I am so many things. But I will do the best to serve you the truth and the divine life. But you need to go back now. Lord, Brother Michael said this. Lord, what's your feeling? So I say, if the boss says no, then forget everything I have said. This is healthy. Vertical fellowship, horizontal fellowship, we're woven. And the issue of this weaving, as we will read in a minute or two, is we're mingled, mingled more with God. Fellowship should bring us more into the mingling. We should leave fellowship clear. We should leave fellowship with the flow of life flowing again freshly in our being. We should leave, leave fellowship on, if I can use this term, cloud nine. Fellowship should bring us into the flow of the divine life. Fellowship should bring us back to the throne, back to loving the Lord, back to enjoying the Lord, back to loving the church, back to loving the saints. That is fellowship. May we all practice this fellowship. And then Brother Lee talks about one-liners in the, in the church life. This is a slightly different point, but in principle, this weaving makes us solid, makes us cubic. If you are a one-liner, the danger is you will continue on one line out of the church. You just go in one direction. Fellowship saves us from being one-liners. Fellowship interweaves us with God, with the body, weaves us in, mingles with God, stabilizes us, makes us solid, makes us cubic. We don't fall over. Cubes don't fall over. My vertical pencil falls over. It's a one-liner. But if I have lots of fellowship, cubic this is not a very good cube but at least you get the illustration it's quite quite stable i can do a lot of things okay it fell but that was extreme you get the point solid stable rock we need the fellowship okay i need to conclude i apologize in this divine fellowship god is interwoven with us. This interweaving is the mingling of God and man to bring the divine constituents into our spiritual being for our growth and transformation in life. A word, I'm quoting Brother, Brother Dick Taylor here. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. He used to say that a lot. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. 
And if that's, that could very well be the summary of this message, understanding what it means, fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. The divine fellowship is everything in the Christian life. Just as the current of electricity is the electricity itself, the fellowship of the divine life, the flow of the divine life is the divine life itself. If we're in the real fellowship, we get divine life. And we all have touched and experienced. We know that sense of life, freedom, strength, brightness, clarity, uh, joy, love. That's the sense of life. That's what we should minister to the saints. And I hope that's what we receive from one another in our vital groups. We receive from the brothers bearing responsibility and shepherding the saints. May we all be in this wonderful flow of the divine life. When fellowship disappears, God also disappears. God comes as the fellowship. Dear saints, do not be afraid of fellowship. Practice to fellowship. And I think through experience, we will realize the, the persons that we get the divine life from. We shouldn't be preferential. We shouldn't just go to that person or that sister or that brother because they're always so nice to us. We shouldn't exercise in that way. But we do know where the divine life and flow is. Amen. And just as I'm, I mentioned, as, as just um, a, a healthy practice, at least on our side is, we must, we should always fellowship with the elders and responsible brothers in our church life. Whether or not we feel like, okay, I get a lot from that person or not, there is a, an arrangement practical arrangement in the body of christ and many times i have said to saints well in this matter i can give you my fellowship but you need to go to the brothers about this matter you need to open this to the elders you need to open this to the brothers this is for this is god's arrangement this is god's wise arrangement in his body and in the local churches Okay, Roman 2, we need to see and enter into the organic relationship of the churches. This is the unique relationship of the unique church. The universal church composed of all the local churches. The church in 1 Corinthians 12.28 uh, refers to the church in both its universal and local aspects. So this fellowship that I would say mainly I've been focusing on locally applies universally the churches in southern africa need much fellowship with the churches on the earth in these days it is possible for the churches in southern africa to go out from that region into the whole inhabited earth. What a blessing. I understand Zoom is a limitation in one way. And another way, Zoom is the Lord's blessed arrangement 
that we can have much fellowship with all the other local churches. Hey says this organic relationship is practiced uniquely and universally among all the local churches as a unique organic body of Christ. If a local church isolates itself from other local churches, it is not a genuine local church. It is a sect, a local sect. All of the churches on the local churches on the earth are in the blending fellowship, the unique divine organic fellowship of the triune God. So automatically and spontaneously, there should be traffic fellowship and flow between all the local churches. No local church should say, this person, this brother, this worker cannot come to this place. Uh, this is not healthy. All the local churches are one church. Their organic relationship is based on the organic fellowship of the divine life. Among all the churches that compose the one universal body of Christ, there is no organization. This is amazing, and it's absolutely true. There is no organization, but there is the fellowship of the body of Christ. Very wonderful. The church, so I, I don't know if I don't think I read it, wrote it here, I wrote it somewhere else. So that means we're not a denomination. We're not organized. We're not a man made organization. We are the body of Christ expressed locally as local churches. But that local church is a local expression of the one universal body of Christ. So how is it possible, if it's a genuine local church, to be not in the fellowship of all the other churches? It doesn't make sense. It's actually not true. It's not a genuine local church if it is not in the fellowship with all the other churches. Okay, the church in one locality should not have the attitude that they have nothing to do with the church in another locality. An intrinsically wrong realization and different teaching uh, of the separate autonomous relationship of the churches has been existing among us. This wrong and different teaching causes division after division. So here is an example of a teaching not according to the teaching of the apostles. Every local church is autonomous. Don't touch us. Don't advise us. Don't fellowship with us. We're the church in our place. We'll do what we want to do. That is wrong. You may be independent, if I could say it, in your financial affairs. Even in that matter, you should probably not be. But no local church is autonomous. We are all blending together in the blending life of the reality of the body of Christ. There should be traffic among the churches. There are Ministers, workers called apostles, prophets, prophets, shepherds and teachers who travel among the churches, blending the churches together. This is healthy. The saints themselves should practice going out. Maybe a small group meeting in the local church says, this Lord's Day, we're going to blend with 
So I'm in District 6 of Hall 6 in Church in London. Well, occasionally, uh, I pr we practice in our small group to blend with the church in Glasgow on Zoom, the church in Dublin on Zoom. Of course, we take care of our local church situation. We need to be mainly focused on our local church. But blending, fellowshipping, traffic, how wonderful. The Lord's recovery is based upon the truth that Christ is only one body, which is expressed in many localities as the local churches. One body expressed as many local churches. But your local church is not a local body. It is part of the one body of Christ. Because there is one spirit, there is only one body. And there is only one circulation of life in the body. This circulation is the fellowship of the body of Christ, which is the fellowship among the churches. A local church is a part of the unique body of Christ, and the fellowship of the body is universally one. In the divine fellowship, there is no separation. Amen. That can be at an individual level and a church level. No church or region should isolate itself from the fellowship of the body. The result of a church or region isolating itself from the fellowship of the body of Christ is darkness, confusion, division, and death. May no church, may no brothers in any church take that church out of the fellowship, the unique fellowship of the body of Christ. The, the result will be darkness, confusion, division, and death. If we isolate ourselves from the fellowship of the body, we are not qualified to partake of the, the Lord's table because the loaf on the table in the Lord's Supper signifies the entire body of Christ. Amen. So we need to discern the body in the loaf. Okay, in conclusion, Romans 3, another beautiful point on blending. The divine fellowship is the reality of living in the body of Christ in the oneness of the Spirit. The divine fellowship blends us. What does that mean? It adjusts us, harmonizes us, tempers and mingles us together in the, into one body. Again, that book, Practical Points Concerning Blending, Brother Lee says, blending is the reality of the body of Christ. To be blended together is to go through the cross, do everything by the Spirit to dispense Christ into others for the sake of the body of Christ. These two points on blending, adjusting, harmonizing, tempering, mingling through the cross, by the Spirit, dispensing Christ for the sake of the body of Christ, can be applied to both blending and fellowship. Fellowship adjusts, harmonizes tempers and mingles us fellowship should be through the cross by the spirit fellowship should dispense christ and it should be for the building up of the body of christ we should not do anything without fellowshipping with the other saints who are coordinating with us fellowship requires us to stop when we are about to do something this is a brilliant application of fellowship by being restricted in the divine fellowship, the body of Christ is kept in oneness and the work of the ministry continues to go on. The thing that makes everything alive 
is the fellowship. Amen. The flow, the crystal clear flow of the living water of life in the fellowship, supplying the whole new Jerusalem, supplying us individually and corporately with the the divine life in the mingled spirit, including the killing work of the cross, the antibodies, the anti-germs, even the water itself sometimes is sufficient to just flush away all the negative things. We need to imitate the apostle to bring the local churches into the fellowship of the body of Christ and follow the apostles' footsteps to bring all the saints into the blending life of the entire body of Christ. So, you know, we have the seven feasts, but there are many, many, many other opportunities to blend in the body. As an example, the uh, university conference in Europe is at the end of this month. Uh, the young people in Southern Africa are invited to register for and join the university conference in Europe on the kingdom of the son of his love the last weekend in March. This is an example. We just rejoice when we are enjoying fellowship in France, in Germany, in Poland, in Italy, uh, in UK, in Ireland, and then suddenly, praise the Lord, there are saints from South Africa in the conference, in the breakout sessions, saints from Zimbabwe, Botswana, Zambia, Namibia, Angola, blending with us. Really, the sense is, Lord, you are blending your body together. Or many of the other opportunities, London International Conference, first weekend in April, Easter weekend, International Conference. If there are saints from Southern Africa in that conference, that will be a blessing to us and a blessing to you. The blending life of the body of Christ. We must have the reality of the fellowship and blending of the body of Christ. Otherwise, regardless of how much we pursue and how simple and humble we are, sooner or later, there will be problems, even divisions among us. So, dear saints, the fellowship among the churches brings the healthy flow into our local church, into our region, and it blends out all the negative things. It deals with our culture. How good it is to blend with saints from different cultures. We get adjusted, mingled, harmonized, tempered. Our corporate culture is blended out by the culture that is Christ himself in the reality of the body. He says, the purpose of the blending is to usher us all into the reality of the body of Christ. We treasure the local churches. Church in Pretoria, we treasure you. For a purpose, we need to be in the local churches as a procedure to usher us into the reality of the body of Christ. Okay, dear saints, that's the best I can do for now. Uh, whatever the arrangement for the brothers is, I hope there would be at least a good few confirming words concerning this marvelous matter concerning the intrinsic fellowship of the churches for their organic relationship at the level of churches, at the level of our local church, at the level of our home meeting, at the level of our personal Christian life and family life. 
Amen. The more fellowship and blending, the better. Amen.